Welcome to another episode of Go Out and Talk to Strangers. This is Adi, the Nomad Architect, and this is the place where I'm sharing with you ideas and inspiration, hosting founders, entrepreneurs, and extremely talented people to share their experience with us. And today we are very lucky to have Tamara. Hi, Tamara. Hi, Adi. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Sure, we're so happy to have you here. Tamara, she's the CEO of Mokrin House. Am I saying it correctly? Correct. Yeah, uh, which is a really cool project in Serbia, and she's going to tell us all about it. Yeah, exactly. So um, Mokrin House is, uh, you could call it a co-living space, you could call it also a co-working space, or both. It's basically an estate that comprises of five houses in rural Serbia, up north, and um, we are a space where people come to meet other creatives and to get some serious work done, but also keep a healthy balance. So we are in the countryside, so we really care about, you know, the new ways of working and also the new ways of living in the countryside because mm-hmm. you no longer have to, you know, be working in farming uh, in order to, to live in the countryside. You can actually do so much and spend your time in, you know, clear, clean air, wonderful food, you know, amazing people as well that come to Mockin House and stay with us. Sounds incredible. And, and one of the things I liked most about your project, and we're going to talk about it uh, later, is actually the connections you formed with the local community around you and the way it's actually part of your um, point of view to, to have those connections. Exactly. That's so super important for us. So we have people from all over the world coming and staying with us for a week, a month, three months or, you know, leaving and coming back. But, you know, the people who are around us, the, our village and our community here is so important for us. So we also want to make sure that, you know, um, everyone enjoys that we are here. Not only the people who come, but also those who are constantly around us. Mm-hmm. And this project started um, when? So our founder started about um, 2009, uh, without a clear idea of actually making uh, Mockern House what it mm-hmm. is today. But then I, I came on board in 2015 and we had a small team that actually launched Mockern House as what you know of it today. So, um, you know, this uh, spring it's going to be wow. four years. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like the Thank original you. idea was why rural area in Serbia? That, that's quite special. It is, it is, yes. So our founder uh, comes from a a town nearby and he created a very successful business uh, abroad uh, back in the 90s. And then he wanted to give back to the community that he came from. So he was looking for um, a a venue or a space to build in his uh, hometown, Uh, couldn't find it. And then we are just 12 kilometers pretty nearby from that town in this village. He heard about it, he heard the story of the original family that used to live here, and he fell in love with the idea. He first initially just wanted to make a space for people to um, meet, come come together and spend some quality time. Um, it was initially for his friends and acquaintances, then he wanted to bring some creative people and he started making artists in residency programs as well and bringing some cultural 
um, programs here. And then after a while, it just became logical for us to keep thinking about what is coming next. And then, um, like I said, in 2016, we launched Mockern House as, you know, the place where people come and get their work done, mm-hmm. not just to separate themselves from where they are from, but actually to bring their work with them and to figure out what kind of life they want to be having and, you know, leading their own way. Mm-hmm. And it is very inspiring just to, the opportunity to meet people from so many different, different places in this kind of settings must be wonderful. And you do have an all-inclusive uh, approach, which is also pretty unique. Yes, I, I think, you know, one of the, the things when you when you hear about a rural co-living space in Serbia, you know, you, you wouldn't really necessarily imagine what Mockern House really <laughs> is. So what the architects did is they brought the best of both worlds together. So in a way, it's very modern and it's it, it, it has a city feel to it, but we are not disrespecting the countryside and the nature that's around us. So uh, there's a lot of glass, so you can enjoy the view. There's a lot of metal, so it's it's slightly industrial. But also there's the old house that used to belong to the original family Novakov, who built it in 1924. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it's a bit of, of everything. So we wanted... For me, I'm a city girl, you know, I spent uh, nearly 25 years of my life in, in a big city. And then... Uh, never really thought that moving to the countryside would be my move. <laughs> but here I am living in so Mokren. Wh- what you know? made you do it? Like, I, I want to hear about that story. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, um, quite honestly, I came here when it was already built, most of it, and there was not a clear vision of what it was going to be. And I just saw so much potential. And it's really beautiful and inspiring, like you said, And it's a wonderful setting for us who are not entirely used to the countryside living, you know. So um, I think uh, for a lot of people who do want to have the comfort of a city life and also all of the beauty of the nature um, in the countryside, this is the, the perfect match. And that's what actually brought me here as well, just uh, seeing all of this potential and wanting to be a part of this story, even though I had no idea what it was going to be back in 2015 when I joined. But uh, then we all grew together. So tell me how a typical week looks like in Morkin House. Yeah, okay, so it depends on on the time of the year. We are pretty full in spring and summer and uh, beginning of fall. Uh, In the wintertime, it gets a bit more... um, calm I'd say so we do have people who come here but really want to isolate themselves and we call it positive isolation the one you choose and the the one that you need for a specific you know meeting a deadline writing a book yeah uh, finishing a project exactly mm-hmm. so um, um, normally we do have two types of members staying with us one type is you know the the regular individual you can call them digital nomads freelancers we also have people who are not location independent who come and stay with us for you know three weeks like i said to finish something or just to isolate themselves Mm -hmm. from you know all of the distraction of their daily lives and um these people come from all over the world and from all kinds of industries when we were first opening up we were imagining that these would be we were so limited (laughs) we imagined them to be you know coders just these people who would come with a laptop and you know just program stuff you know and uh, you know the IT industry which is also pretty broad as it is but then over the years we realized that you know there's so many entrepreneurs there's so many 
mm, um, creatives, designers, graphic designers, uh, also, you know, um, we had accountants, we had lawyers, we had therapists who came and worked from here, even though we didn't really imagine that would be the case. And then um, what happened is that there's this community of people from all over the world working in all kinds of industries. Last year, we had our first poet who came and just worked on on his art. How (laughs) wonderful! A poet. (laughs) So it is really beautiful. And it's, it's wonderful when these people connect as well. And, you know, keep in touch and maybe go to another co-living space or kind of arrange for them to meet back here. So that's our international community. And that's the people, you know, that that, that are from all kinds of industries and, uh, you know, not necessarily only digital nomads, which is becoming mm-hmm. a thing lately, but also people who are just maybe testing it out because we're a pretty safe space. Like you said, uh, when you said all inclusive, that means that, you know, if you come and stay with us mm-hmm. for a day, you have three meals included um, with your stay, which is super important for us because we take care of, of the food. We grow the food, most of the food ourselves, the, the stuff that we cannot grow, we know where it comes from. We, sp- we pay special attention to that. So um, it's also pretty cool for people who are just testing it out to mm-hmm. come and stay with us. The second type of members that we have are our teams smaller groups who come here for either team building activities or for their meetings or like strategic planning or like I said to finish a project that that they uh, they have a deadline on so these people mostly come from either Serbia or the region and something that's beautiful is when these people meet uh, the individuals who are you know who come from abroad and uh, it's great to see all of the the trends and the what's happening in, in different kinds of industries. And for us, it's super important for people to meet, spend time together and maybe even work on something together. So these people come and stay for shorter periods of time. Like I said, individuals stay for, you know, a week, three weeks, up to three months normally. And um, teams come and stay for up to a week, I'd say. But what we're working on right now is a project that encourages people to come here and as a team, as a small team, come and stay for a whole work week and, you know, see what their productivity mm. is like and mm. how they're feeling. I like it. So, uh, d- like, do you organize, um, I don't know, activities during the week or... Um, yes. How is a typical week look like? Going back to this question, because I'm curious. Yes, no I'm worries. so sorry. No, I, I, I know, so and it's say. interesting. <laughs> We're talking about my next questions now. It's okay. It's yeah. all, all in the flow. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, uh, yeah, so the typical week, um, we basically freestyle it. We see who's there and what the, the people who are here, what our members want and need. And that also changes. So uh, we have a, our bio swimming pool and we have a gym, a small gym here. And we also have um, these eight bikes that are free for everyone to use. So we made a little Google map of stuff to see around the village so people go and explore. And uh, then we also... Uh, we have three meals at the, at the set times every day, but something magical that happens is that all of the people who are in the workspace 
always stop their work and go and eat at the same time. This was never our intention. So we had a, a one hour uh, window that's open for lunch and for, for dinner and also a two hour window for, for breakfast because, you know, people have different um, habits when it comes to, to waking up and, and eating in the morning. But it's, it's beautiful to see that everyone communicates and kind of figures out a, the best time for everyone to eat and then just gathers around um, the, the, the table, which, uh, you know, brings people together. And this is where uh, all the magic happens at Mockering House around this table where people say what kind of stuff they want to do and then we organize it for them or or they self-organize as well. So uh, we um, have traveling rings in in Mokren, which is uh, wonderful for people who are into that kind of workout. And it, it was actually built uh, by one of our members who said that he really missed it. So he wanted to, to um, give them to us and then we actually gave them to the village. So uh, people from the village can also work out on these traveling rings. So there's a lot of physical activity, a lot of moving. Um, we are also, we sometimes wake up super early to go watch the sunset. <laughs> I hope or the sunrise. The, the sunrise, <laughs> sorry. Obviously don't wake up super early for sunset. Oh, no, really no, no. So <laughs> like we do that early. as well. Like We're... <laughs> everyone go to sleep everyone go to sleep so we can wake you up for for sunset but yeah um so um you know we also watch movies and we uh create these programs for our local community which is um for example on wednesdays we screen documentaries and uh, european film so um we um, aim to find movies that are in english with serbian subtitles so people from the village can come and even if there's a language barrier everyone can enjoy the same content together which is super important for us to, to at least have these people you know share mm -hmm. a moment together it doesn't have to be a conversation it doesn't have to be a lecture uh it's always beautiful to have them come together so it's all kinds of stuff uh from you know them meeting the teams like i said that are working here and then like uh doing random impromptu hackathons to you know to actually planning out the week together and then you know going to the town together and uh figuring things out it's wonderful what you know um our our yard is pretty large and really inspiring so we also play all kinds of sports and um you know uh, people also self organize and do lectures and different workshops together so and there's also so many super interesting people who come and stay here so we like to keep it open for everyone to figure it out themselves and it's become uh really regular for us to, to choose um, um a netflix series to watch together so <laughs> <laughs> so then you know everyone watches an episode uh what are a you day watching now then, okay so well now it's pretty light we're watching grace and frankie because uh <laughs> they just released a new the new season but we watched Oh, this was not on Netflix, but we watched Chernobyl last summer, and that was wonderful because you know uh, we had people from like different generations from different parts of the world. With you know, some of them had really limited knowledge of uh, the entire incident in Chernobyl, so it was wonderful just to see you know uh, different perspectives on this and then have small discussions around it. The crew also watched something without me, which I completely missed. 
But then I remember there was a lot of drama because someone watched an episode without the rest of the the people. So, right. you know, we had like a, we had a big yeah, we had a big you know conversation over the lunch table. Like, how could you do this to us? <laughs> we thought this was a special thing, we, you know. But uh, you know, and so it gets pretty informal like that. But we also run different kinds of programs depending on the, the time of the year where we are. So a typical day here really um, looks different for uh, for everyone. It depends on what the our members want to have out of their day. And also, you know, a lot of people don't have weekends off. So we create like a, a weekend on Tuesdays really? or something oh, like fun. that. So, I like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And I remember um, uh, something about a podcast uh, that you started. Yes. Tell me more about this. Yeah, so um, like I said, the the film screenings happen in the summer in our yard. So we wanted to, to create something that we could do during winter time, but not just to keep on, you know, showing movies. So um, we figured out that um, there's so many wonderful people that we have in our community who are also, you know, from Serbia. So could relate to the local community and could speak in the like quite literally the same language with them. So uh, we started inviting them on Wednesday nights mm -hmm. for these conversations that we record and release as a podcast. Um, so the idea is that people from, you know, anyone who understands our language can listen to the podcast, but only the people who are from the village or do come for, for these conversations can be a part of it. So we record them with a live audience. Mm -hmm. And then um, something super special happens after... You know, we stop recording and that's the Q&A session that where people can actually get inspired by by um, by our uh, guests. So the idea is to bring people who don't get a lot of, you know, a lot of spotlight on them, but we believe are truly, you know, capable of making a change, are, you know, share our values and are doing something good for the community where they are. So we had, uh, you know, a number of people from all kinds of walks of life um, who came and shared um, their experience. And it was wonderful to see the people from the village say, oh, my goodness, but you're just a regular guy like I am. Mm -hmm. And you're doing all of this, you know, and get inspired and share mm -hmm. these ideas. Can you can you share a story? I'm curious. I, I, unfortunately, I don't speak Serbian yet. <laughs> on my <Yes>. list <laughs> what is that? it's like a ne never ending I have list to perfect my Portuguese space. first <laughs> okay well yeah yes so um, unfortunately Portuguese is not going to help uh, uh, much with, with Serbian but you I believe you'll get there I, but in the meantime I can tell you I can tell you my favorite parts of, of, Please, uh, of these conversations so we've had We had a, a guy who's a, a journalist and also like a, a, a kind of like a TV face come here and like speak about what actually drives him to do all of this work. And it's it's amazing because he's normally the, the, the person who asks the question. So we put him in the other chair and we asked him, him some questions. Mm. And then, you know, to have someone share... Uh, what the process is like and what's going on in his life and the behind the scenes really helped everyone understand like you know how much you can achieve by listening carefully and uh, that was pretty cool we also had a a, a famous musician 
like I said, a bit more famous than the, than most of the people that we've had on the podcast. But um, he also spoke about the importance of using your voice in general. So um, he emphasized on, on, you know, you don't have to be a recording artist. Uh, you don't have to be a poet to be writing poetry. You know, you don't have to go to school for this. You can just start say you know speaking your mind and finding people who will understand and and you know get your message to resonate with them we also had this woman who's an amazing activist has worked in so many you know you know those people like all of her projects are are incredible just mind blowing and then uh, it was wonderful for for our local community to hear that you know she started off just by saying oh Maybe I can do this and then maybe I can do something else, you know. So then after that, people were approaching her. No one's ever heard of her before because she's not, you know, it's not about her. Her work is about other people. But then um, I think all of these get togethers were really um, wonderful for, for our local community because there's not a lot of stuff happening in, in our village, you know. It's, you know, the the content is pretty limited. And when you say limited, our village, so, um, I want to ask you... Yes. How many people are in the village? So Makran has a population of about 5,000 people, so it's fairly mm-hmm. large. Okay. And something that's, that's super special about our village that we're really proud of is, among other things, our uh, elementary school has 430 students, which is like a proper wow. school. Yeah, it's you know. So we also run a lot of programs for kids. Yeah, so creative workshops, and also we had like a, a little architect's uh, <laughs> program, which was pretty fun. It was for, for kids 7 to 10 years old. And then they were they came and they talked about public spaces and what it also means to be an architect in the first place. And then they all um, drew their dream parks. And then we took uh, segments from their dream parks and then we actually brought them to life and built Whoa. them in uh the park in the village so you know so you had these like eight-year-olds walking around like oh i made this you know (laughs) so um we wanted to encourage them to kind of you know uh, (laughs) work on their imagination and kind of like figure out a way to to make it all come true so you know you can still play on on this playground that they that they designed we just built it basically it's incredible and then that that was a, a huge thing and and had a a wonderful you know we had wonderful feedback from the kids so then we did a workshop that w- that had to do with city planning uh by using a 3D printer and then um kids were 3D printing their own wow. cities <laughs> so um you know planning mm-hmm. like how how many hospitals how many schools how many you know like how many you know uh public squares you need and 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 uh that's pretty beautiful. And then we also sometimes keep it pretty simple and just do like a seasonal fun workshop where they paint mm-hmm. and, you know, draw and, and maybe even build a lamp. We did that recently. So we made it super safe because, you of know, course. Uh, there's a lot of electricity around this stuff. But um, <laughs> but we also made sure that it was super uh, safe for kids to actually make their own lamps. And I also took part in this. And uh, I must say that the kids like made better lamps than I did. <laughs> So, so, you know, um, most of the stuff, uh, so we're not really kid friendly when it comes to our members. So people come here to, to get work done. So we make sure mm-hmm. that these activities take, take part, you know, takes uh, place in, in a special time and we know where they are. So they don't, 
uh, disturb uh, the members who are here getting their of work course. done. But it's always wonderful when someone comes and, you know, uh, also joins I, us. I just love this. the fact that you're creating this space, this platform of collaboration. Uh, like being, you know, a lot of a lot of the time when you have a bunch of foreigners living together, it almost seems like a bubble. And your project just yeah. keep linking back to the local community and create this beautiful... Um, just like a mutual inspiring activities and like it. yeah it's it's much simpler than people would think you know so we also support this association of of older women who use um traditional crafts but mm-hmm. we bring them we bring younger modern designers to them so you know so it has a special thing that makes all of these products unique so they knit and they embroider and you know they make uh, sweaters and and you know now in the winter time especially a lot of stuff that that they create gets you know worn by everyone in the village but also people from all over the world come and see you know someone in the co-working space who is working on you know making a sweater i mean that's yeah, pretty it cool is. you know so we also had these uh, embroidery workshops and uh, we had these older ladies who came and taught us how to embroider Which was also amazing because, you know, you could bring your own T-shirt and then embroider something on it right there. And then people, you know, had a souvenir, but also had a, a craft in it that they mm-hmm. were acquainted with. And maybe they can even, you know, continue working of on it. Of course. That. You know, I, I feel like it's something we're all seeking nowadays, like this one-of-a-kind, handmade items, uh, seeking, like, the, the real connection to tradition. One of the things I'm doing on my journeys sometimes is, like, I have this almost like a collection Of amazing craftsmen and like craft women that I met and like that I would like to support I'm all the times like seeking how to match the right project to the right people because this kind of talent and this kind of knowledge that it's like been passed for generations it's it's gold it's it's amazing and I, I would love to support that more than you know something that kind come exactly. off a factory exactly yeah. and it's, and it's just, just there. there and it needs this little push <laughs> in order to get to the the global um, awareness. And I, I'm so happy about this collaboration you mentioned. Exactly. And, you know, like then, then it, it became about, you know, listening to our community and what the people around us know how to how to make and um, just how to make sure that, you know, everyone can learn from them and exchange knowledge as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. I want to ask you, To share a challenge you had to overcome during this project oh well this is a fun question thank you <laughs> I don't get this I don't get this asked uh, often enough um, you know challenges are just there all the time and we sort of accepted them as a part of our journey so we've had pretty bizarre challenges like losing electricity randomly okay you know and you're a workspace so it, it, but this is wonderful so we made sure that the wi-fi is always there so that's super important for us even without know? electricity yes you have so generator so yeah so we run a yeah we have a generator that's, <laughs> that's connected to our entire okay. uh system so this was really absurd because we were we were just like We lost electricity, but there was like a serious uh, issue in the entire village for like five hours, something like that. 
But it was ridiculous because everyone was still working because we still had our battery and then you could be connected to the Wi-Fi, you know? But there's no, like, we're sitting there, there's candles lit around us and we're, like, sprawling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, so that was a, a fun one. We didn't really overcome it because it, it was an incident, yeah. you know, it just happens. But um, challenges like that are, happen all the time. We also had the, the pretty big challenge of, you know, we really strongly care about um uh, about connecting the local community with our international community how do you do that when people from the village don't speak any mm. english you know how do you connect people when they cannot speak to each other because if i'm there and i'm just like simultaneously translating stuff like interpreting I, that's it's it's very limiting for the conversation so what do you do and for example those movies that i mentioned and the embroidery classes that, you know, all of these old ladies teaching an American 30-year-old guy how to embroider. It's beautiful, you know? She kept on saying stuff in Serbian. He was just like, oh, yeah, sure, you know? And just got it. So um, so that was a, a challenge for us. Like, how do you make sure that people are connected even though, you know, logically, like, I, I can't speak to this person. There's no way that we can connect, that we can exchange so challenges and obstacles all the way, you know, they're all around us. But I think um, there's something beautiful about this estate. I wish I could I, I could show it to you, but it's basically the architects, uh, when they were rebuilding the old house, um, they realized that there was a, a, a stork nest okay. um, on the roof. And the storks keep coming back to the same nest, you know? So every year, it's the same family that comes back. <laughs> so... Um, so what happened is that uh, they had to rebuild the roof, so they had to remove the stork nest, and then they built another house, which is where we dine and where our cafe and like kind of a chill zone is, where you can make noise uh, during the day and also during the night. So they built a little tower on top of it. Oh, that's beautiful. For the storks to come and, and make a nest there. But they were not really lazy, so they created. They also made a small um, camera that they put on the other house that's pointed right at it, so you can watch a live stream of the life of uh, of these storks. So there's a reason why people go to school to study architecture, and other people go <laughs> to study birds. Because if you're a bird, it turns out this surface that the that the roof of this other house is made of is slightly reflective. So if you're a bird, it looks like a body of water and you're not going to be building your home on an unstable surface such as a body of water. Oh. So the storks never came. And that's the most boring live stream you could actually find because nothing ever <laughs> happens, right? But it's there and it's huge and it's well, like someone really thought about it. It's not like, oh, let's do this and they did it in a day. They had to seriously work on this to make sure that it was built on top of a house. So for me, just walking around this estate and seeing that and seeing this live stream of nothing is a wonderful reminder for all of us, you know, <laughs> that there are challenges and there are obstacles and there are mistakes that we make as well. And sometimes you make a mistake and then you just leave it on top of a house for everyone to see. 
you know, because it's a lesson. So I didn't know that, you know, that the certain surfaces looked like uh, water mm -hmm. to birds, you know. So there is something hiding in that as well. We do, uh, you know, we, we don't hide from our mistakes and we don't hide from the challenges that we have, even if sometimes, you know, we yeah, don't overcome them. But you keep them. streaming it. We keep streaming it, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a. I, I'm sure some sort of a practice would really enjoy watching this stream. Actually, it's very zen, you know? I must say. It's very, yeah, exactly. So sometimes I must admit, you know, I kind of like look at it and I think like, okay, it would be amazing if there was a family of, of birds that I could be watching right now. <laughs> But what else can we learn from this? Amazing. You know? So you mentioned... Um, this being in the the place where you're allowed to make noise i, I want to talk about it a little bit because so you have like different build it's like five different buildings right that it's like the project. yeah five we say houses, houses yeah sorry. so mockin uh, house is a bit Mockin house is a bit misleading because it's mockin five houses <laughs> uh plus a gym uh, so um yeah so we have five houses one is the old house that used to belong to family Novakov and that's where we have um a a chessboard and that's where people come to like read and that's where a part of our library is and that's also where we watch stuff if it's up to 10 people so it's a smaller room for for watching different uh, kinds of programs and also we have a pool table there so it's the the chill zone the place where people come to kind of like read or get together you know have a conversation or play pool or or um enjoy their time like that in the basement we have some um some fun activities you know some board games and some cards and the the basement is also used for parties which we don't host that often but still is an option mm -hmm. you know so the basement is that if you want to kind of like go there with the intention of not having wi-fi that's the only wi-fi free zone on the entire estate so you kind of like go underground and just hide if you need it um and some people actually like doing their work from there which is uh pretty we didn't really expect that to yeah, be happening it's very interesting so where is like the favorite spots of people to work from because you do have a lot of choice yeah well that's the idea so we noticed that you know people have different work habits Uh, some people uh, are, you know, night owls. They they work during the night, and some people just like wake up super early, watch the sunrise, and then start their day. <laughs> What's you know? the sunset? So, uh, Sorry. Uh, also, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, our um, so our workspace is a quiet zone. You know, so for example, that's where you go and you just do your work quietly, and that's the idea behind it, just not to disturb anyone. But our cafe also has, you know. A lot of um, a lot of seating, so people who prefer, you know, having some background music, having maybe someone else in the in the same room mm. talking in the background, or you know, just someone making coffee. That's where uh, where they go to work from, and a, a lot of people normally do either that mm -hmm. or the workspace. And then in the summertime, you'd be surprised at how many people work really? outdoors. You know, and just really enjoy like getting barefoot and just like sitting in the middle of the yard and doing their work. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's enough space for everyone who wants to get like super, you know, um, just wants to be secluded, not to, you know, not to dis be disturbed or, or disturb anyone else. But also there's a lot of places for people who want to work with other people in the room in silence or uh, 
or you know around a certain level of noise like i said so the old house also has all of these communal spaces that i mentioned and our five comfort rooms which are a bit, a bit more spacious and they're uh pretty cool like one of them has like a bathtub in the middle and the other one has a swing in the middle you know and one of them doesn't have a bed but it has a mattress and a platform and the most beautiful sunsets actually <laughs> that the view from there is amazing so um uh, that's our house a the old house and i've already mentioned the the dining area so our cafe is open till like uh, midnight normally and uh then the staff leaves but you can stay there during the night and that's where you can play music and, and, you know, make noise. And that's where people come and, you know, uh, spend time together. And also we have a projector and a large screen there. So if we're more than 15 people who want to watch something, that's where we watch it. And then I've already mentioned our two-story workspace, which is a quiet zone mostly, where we also have a, a separate office for people who are working in small teams who are not going to be completely silent, but do need the privacy and not to disturb anyone else. And then... Um, we have two more houses. One is basically an accommodation space. So uh, we currently can host uh, 24 people in it, uh, but are looking to actually uh, reduce that number and change it a bit. So that's where um, people mostly just sleep and have like a living room with a kitchenette that doesn't really get used that often, but is an option for people if, if they prefer that. And then uh, the fifth building is where our reception is. Uh, it's where my room is as well. <laughs> and we have two rooms for people from the staff who are not from the village. So we hire mm -hmm. locally and we only we have a team of 20 people and only two of us are not from the village or from the wow. nearby town. So uh, in this space where the reception is, we have a small shop where we where we have the stuff uh, made by these ladies mm -hmm. that I just mentioned who um, use old crafts. And then um, also um, one of our team members um, went to this embroidery workshop and she's so good at it that she Whoa. launched her own embroidery <laughs> brand. I'm not even kidding. So we also put that in the shop as well because we're like, oh, look at this. She can wow. she learned this in this house and is now, you know, turning it into a brand. So it's pretty cool. And we also have another um, meeting room for people upstairs. And also this room we use for recording our podcast or for some workshops. Like I said, you know, if we don't want to disturb anyone, we, we have these open... Um, events over there so those are our five houses and also we have a small gym and we have our um, bio swimming pool and a lot of outdoor space including a small uh, garden and um, also a herb garden for our chefs wow. to use who is the chef tell me more about the chef Clearly, I have to come. Like, okay. So, yes. So, we... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, we've had the pleasure of working with, with uh, different chefs throughout the year. And everyone brings, um, you know, their own personal touch to it. We're now looking for our head chef. But, um, so, the cook that we have, uh, Dan, he uh, has been around for, for, what, two years now or something like that? maybe even longer and he uh really like specialized in making these traditional meals uh, that are tradition traditional for where we are for our region however that food tends to get really heavy yeah. right so he made sure to simplify it and not to like cook okay, it for seven yeah. hours but just to make sure that it's healthier <laughs> yeah healthier and uh, easier for people he makes these amazing soups 
that make everyone happy. I think, you know, there's like a, a, a soup <laughs> cult around here. Everyone's like, what is the soup today? And then <laughs> we make sure, you know, people can go and like, you know, choose their own salad in our, in our, on our farm. And you can just go and pick your own salad or pick your own, you know, veggies. And then uh, that also really helps our, our chefs with, you know, making sure that the, the food that we have is seasonal and fresh and also fun. Okay, so you have your own chef and you grow your own veggies, which is amazing. Can people feel the difference when they come? Uh, yes. So our food is not organic because it doesn't have an organic certificate, but we do really care about it. So, um, it's funny, uh, sometimes people come, like I said, from all over, you know, with different expectations, we don't only grow veggies and fruit. We also have, um, our own chickens and our own, um, egg laying hens. So that basically means that you can wake up in the morning, go to the farm, get the egg and then have it prepared for you. Uh, we don't make people do that. That's only for those who want to. But what we do do is, uh, you know, use these eggs normally. So we make, when we have a lot of people, we normally have a buffet style breakfast. So there was a team of people from uh, four countries meeting up um, in in our on our space. And I remember this woman was awake earlier and then her team members came and they were like, hey, so what's for breakfast? And she said, oh, there's a variety of choices. Everything is good, but skip the eggs. And obviously, so I'm, I'm getting the eggs myself at that moment. I'm like, why do we skip the eggs? <laughs> and then he said, like, what's wrong with them? And she, she said... I don't know, man, like those egg yolks are super yellow. I don't think it's supposed to be like that, you know? <laughs> and I had to turn to the woman and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for, you know, just jumping into this conversation. But egg yolks are super yellow, like almost orange. Sometimes they look slightly fluorescent, you know, even. <laughs> like it's a very strong color. And the supermarket eggs you get are those that are kind of like, you know, yellowish, I guess. Yeah but not just like, you know, not very bright and not so strong in color. So I, uh, I explained this to this lady that, you know, the, the eggs were super fresh. And then um, I actually got an egg and, and showed it to her. And she was like, oh, okay, I thought it was a fake egg. You know, I thought you were putting, like, food oh, coloring in it. Oh so like powder. She's just not used. Egg powder. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> of course. She was not used to, to super fresh eggs. So, um, in a way, I, you know, you can't really, like, taste the difference all the time. But, you know, I've become a, a, a tomato snob. Really? It's, there's something special about, like, real grown, like, homegrown tomatoes that are, you know... Oh my goodness, it's a completely different, um, it's a completely different taste. And I'm a city girl, like I mentioned, so I go back home and I'm, I'm, I'm just preaching like these cool <laughs> tomatoes. So recently I've started, I started like bringing eggs and cheese and, and tomatoes from the countryside to my friends in the city so they can taste wow, the difference. What has yeah. become of you, Tamara? From a city girl to a... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So we're coming to an end. And just before we finish, um, that's a great story, by the way. Thank you for sharing it. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you a question that I'm asking all of my guests. So I want you to be like really open-minded and just like flow. Mm -hmm. All right. This question yeah, sure. is called the wild napkin. Okay. Imagine you're going to a bar and you have a couple of drinks or your mind is very, very free. And suddenly you have the craziest idea 
but obviously you're in a bar so you don't have your notebook or whatever so you take a napkin and you write it down and the next day you wake up and you find it in your pocket uh what does it say so there is no time limit there is no money limit just the craziest idea <laughs> what would it be <laughs> Okay, can I, can I share can I share a real one? Please. Um, I, once, I once had, I don't know, I'm going to sound like a complete lunatic. I once uh, had a, a feeling that I was about to invent something huge. Ooh. I don't know whether you've ever had this feeling, but it was just overwhelming. Like, this is my day. Today, I'm creating something, you know, life-changing not just for me but like for the entire civilization I don't know so basically I um I had this thought process of like I shouldn't be thinking about stuff that I use that I need but what is it that you know people would need what is it that people like people like practical stuff but also like beautiful stuff and then I had this like entire process and then I wrote down all of these ideas and in the end I'm not even kidding I invented the wristwatch what which obviously obviously already exists right but i <laughs> exactly but i had this wonderful feeling like this millisecond of like oh my goodness this is the best idea ever and i had it on a paper i, I wrote it down and then when i saw it I, and it was like oh it's it's a it's a bracelet that shows it's a beautiful bracelet that shows you the exact time <laughs> so the perfect match between you know productivity and like practical stuff but also like something beautiful <laughs> and i actually have it on paper i saved Ooh. that paper as well because it was like it's a bracelet that shows you time and then like like underlined and then i realized so i think it would be that it would probably be something like that i would have a couple of drinks and i would have a crazy idea the next morning i would figure out that it already exists <laughs> But, you know, at least, you know, someone else figured it out before yeah. me. I don't know whether it's this... It's super creative. <laughs> I love it. You know, it, it once happened to one of my friends when we he reinvented milkshake. He oh, was wow. like, I love ice cream. We should have an ice cream flavored drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe we should, like, start a club of people inventing stuff that's already been around us for it a while. It just means we really need them, you know. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love your yes. answer. It's brilliant. I think it's one of the best I got <laughs> so far. <laughs> and um, I'm going to share the links to uh, like website and Facebook page and uh, everything that is relevant so everybody can see and connect with you and with the project. Yes, it would be amazing. Yeah. I want to thank you for being my guest and sharing all your beautiful insights and experience. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's wonderful to, you know, even for us, because we're so busy with our everyday lives to sometimes stop and kind of share our stories. And I think what you do is very noble for, you know, That's giving us our my voice. little gift to the world, sharing inspiration. That's what I do. <laughs> On behalf of the world, Adi, oh. thank you so much. <laughs> all right, love. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful.